Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing? It's Thursday evening. I'm doing great. A lot of content, and and I'm not mad. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not either. I was, uh, right before we were recording, I was joking about a message I sent to you this morning that, uh, I was like, well, it seems, you know, seems kind of light on the news this week. So <laughs> uh, given that we have like four shows that we're talking about, Superman and Lois, Stargirl, Titans, and, um, and What If, I was like, well, you know, it's probably not a bad thing. But then, and then after that, I like go to my trends and what do I see? The Eternals. Final trailer. Yep. So I was like, oh, that is a message back. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I need to go watch this because I don't really remember too much from the first trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, And which makes me happy. Yeah. And even though this trailer is longer and it does tell you more plot points, I love the explanation about why now and it's mm-hmm. related to Thanos mm-hmm. and it's related to the snap. Um, to to bring everyone back, ironically. Not the first snap, the second snap. Right. Uh, so I, I thought that that was great because it kind of, again, what we're seeing, whether especially with these TV shows, is that the more they're connected to the movies, the more, um, I don't know what the right word for it, but the more entertained I am. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, yes, this is great. Um, But this is a great trailer because even though it gives you a little bit exposition, there's still a lot. You can tell that they are holding back a lot on these characters, the Mm -hmm. dynamics, um, and the overall um, structure of this movie that apparently is going to take place in the span of seven days. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you're right. I mean, the, with the first trailer, in that we really, because I think that was one of the things. I mean, it, maybe we talked about our podcast or, or maybe somewhere else. But the question was out there: Why didn't they? Why didn't the Eternals intervene mm-hmm. with with Thanos? And yep. and and so yeah, we, you know, so I think it was very smart with this trailer to answer that question because like, the first one just sort of like, okay, we're going to introduce you, introduce the visuals, introduce folks to this new set of phase four characters. And then in this trailer, we will really lay out just the, the, the reason. And, it, it, and it's, it's kind of like the same question, uh, for example, with, with WandaVision, uh, when people were like, well, uh, why didn't, you know, why didn't we have some, you know, the, the Avengers or, or anyone intervene when Wanda was like going nuts in in WandaVision? Uh, and, and so, so again, like to your point, the movies and the TV shows being interconnected, so interconnected, really does increase the entertainment factor exponentially. Yeah, because you all know it's. It's a mythology that just continues and touches every tale that you're being told. And it's everyone has their place and their role and their part to play. And now I'm just sounding like Loki. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm 
I really like the trailer. It it also, um, I didn't like the CGI and some of the scenes, especially the scenes potentially featuring the villains mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, but hopefully they get some of that cleared up. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I can imagine that maybe those scenes are still going through processing and post production production. Yeah. But, um, anytime that the scene was more featured practical, mm-hmm. um, effects, um, you can just tell that, that Chloe is behind that camera and just nailing the beauty and this atmosphere that she's creating for this movie. Um, I really like that. I, and, 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 and it's almost, there's a contrast because like that opening shot, it makes you feel like you're about to watch a Western movie Mm -hmm. and there's something so sad and somber. And then, um, to realize that these, these are Eternals and they're cosmic beings and they have these outfits and everything's all um, grandiose and and so it's it's this interesting visual contrast as well as probably something going on with them internally because they 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 love humans and mankind mm-hmm. so, right. so there must be some kind of tug of war of um, I'm this other being when all I really want to be is like simple but yeah. my li- life is a bit more complicated yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good point, and yeah, and you know, it really does. The, the visuals, you're, you're right. The the practical effects, especially the, the IKEA table at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, but 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 that but I bring that up because it does have that the Marvel humor. I mean, you know, so it was yeah. like all all the beats that we've come to appreciate and, and love about the MCU over the course of 20 some shows and, and films and TV shows were all there in this trailer. And, and I know we were talking before we were recording, uh, it, it, it's one of the things that, you know, what, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, casual comic book fan, casual comic book movie fan, probably prior to this, never heard of the Eternals unless they watched that abysmal, um, uh, ABC show from a few years ago. What was it? The, the Immortals. Nobody uh, watched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so nobody watched that, obviously, because you know, heck. But I think, I think everyone collectively is trying to, you know, make sure rub that out of existence and make mm-hmm. sure it's not included in the canon. Uh, but it, 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 you know, it, it. To our what we were discussing before we recorded as far as you know introducing these new characters and, and, and doing it at the right time because uh, t- you know one of the things you said when we were talking is you know these are very cosmic characters with the celestials who have to, who have you know, created three distinct you know, beings the eternals to get the humans and then the deviants and I think you know we had to have all the other things happen before to to get us to this point to introduce these characters in this phase because it i i felt one of the things i felt when i was watching this it, it does feel more otherworldly and and more a higher higher plane and higher storytelling than what we have what we 
have seen in the past. But you still had the, the action beats and stuff in the in the trailer as well. And I'm sure we'll get obviously get into film. But I think we're really getting to the more philosophical aspects of the MCU, and we and we've gotten some of that too in the TV shows uh, this this year as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And speaking about TV shows and the MCU. Um, I, I feel like I kind of premeditated this announcement considering over the weekend I did a um, binge of Falcon when Winter Soldier mm-hmm. with a friend of mine who's never seen it. Huh. Um, and the story works very well in one sitting. Some of the things that I thought didn't hit, um, like especially Sharon, mm-hmm. the whole thing with Sharon um for for whatever reason when when we were watching it straight through the power broker actually made a like turn made more sense and especially for all of the gaps in times um so so it was interesting how um i liked it originally and some of the episodes that i actually thought were weaker I felt like they they were not as bad as I originally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bad's the wrong word because I didn't think they yeah. were awful. They were, we're not as strong as the others. Issues. Yeah. Um, as, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, on that note, it was announced this week that Anthony Mackie has signed the dotted line and will star in Captain America Four, and it has also been reported that. Chris Evans is working on a project to come back to the MCU too. Um, whatever that means, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so it was funny. So whenever I uh, and we we talked about this, I remember it was earlier this year. Uh, and when it, I was reading an article in Deadline announcing about Anthony and you know, and we, obviously, I guess uh, you know we 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 got the awesome news with the finale week of. Cap, Fal- Captain America and the Winter Soldier, uh, or Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, the news that there was they were going to make a Captain America four. But you know, I guess it's really interesting. I guess that they made that announcement, but things were were not uh, you know firm with with Anthony. But uh, but in the article that I was reading this week, noted uh, that Deadline back in January, I think it was, had written an article about Chris Evans. And that that is a rumor that they have that Chris and MC and, the, and Marvel Studios were filling each other out last year and, mm-hmm. and really explored the possibility of him coming back in, in, in some future project. And the article I went back and found it, and I you know the article referenced Robert Downey Jr. for example uh, with uh, Captain America: Civil War. And Spider-Man as you know, a film that was, uh, you know, that that it would be that type of arrangement where he would, uh, Chris Evans could potentially come back as Cap. So we'll see. Interesting. Chris yeah. Evans follows in RDJ's footsteps. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. I mean, it may just be one of those things that uh, uh, people were just kind of talking and. Yeah, yeah, obviously, actors were probably looking for work because they didn't know what was going to happen with the pandemic. Or mm-hmm. maybe maybe Chris was like, you know, I would mind carrying a shield one more time or, or maybe or maybe just play a mental role or something in, in, in a future film like like Robert Downey, like Tony Stark did to, to Peter and in, in Spider-Man. 
Yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm sure with in both cases it's a matter of what's the pitch? Like mm-hmm. why you you've already technically put this character to rest. Right. So so why would it how would it affect everyone else, especially um given the end conclusion of um with with um Sam picking up the shield mm-hmm. and the mantle. Right. How how would almost not maybe reintroducing, but how would having that ghost, yeah. uh, ghost of the past, help further that story and potentially other stories? Um, because and and you know in in Feige we trust right because if, if Feige knows that there's a reason and there's something that it would add. He'll mm-hmm. do it. I mean, he he got Sony to agree to a crazy deal so that he could get Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, and and think and, and think about it too. As as you were talking, I, I just thought about it with the you know with with Captain Carter last week. You know, Chris did not do the voice work for uh, Steve Rogers and What If, but we we do know that What If, if I recall, is going to have multiple seasons. So you know, it could easily just be a, a What If. You know, right. season two. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a feature film, given that we have the Disney Plus properties now. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. I mean, that's a strong point. These TV shows killing it. I'm sure everybody is a bit envious of Tom Hilston because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he took this character, a villain character, and just for was was given this like grandiose plot and it's just like oh my god now he's more beloved than ever (laughs) (laughs) oh jesus and and speaking about what if we did get our second episode of what if featuring cha-cha yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so so i last week both of you you and i had very similar thoughts about the first episode Mm -hmm. why it didn't quite work Mm-hmm. Um, and then this episode really proved why why the first episode didn't work because they're they they twisted it in such a beautiful way, and then they also had these unexpected touches. Um, like I'm probably the last to know that Josh Brolin was going to be in this episode, mm-hmm. and so the moment like they they make Thanos appear, I'm like. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> They're going there. And then slowly but surely, not only Thanos, but suddenly it's also this twisted version of the Infinity War because you see all of, um, what are they called? The Black Guard? Or? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. 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 A start to appear. And you're just like, oh my God, this they've taken this so far and removed it. And it's not beat for beat what guardians of the galaxy is mm-hmm. um it's just twisted in such a beautifully beautiful way yeah yeah totally totally you know i i was we all were wondering you know what uh, you know clearly the emotional aspect of it uh with mm-hmm. you know with chadwood's passing and stuff so I, I you know so obviously you know when i was watching it i was watching it it, it, multiple hats on. One is this a viewer because I just really enjoy the MCU. Two, you know, I was watching it for what we do here. As far as just like, okay, 
looking at it with a you know a a, a critical eye too, uh, as far as the things I like, the things that I don't like. That you know, so we could have some something to talk about. But but I I completely agree with you in that it was um, it, it was it really did magnify, and I, I think I seem to recall the when people had opportunity for screeners before the series came up started uh, for everyone else. Uh, you know, clearly folks really dove in on the emotional aspects with Chadwick, but they really did, I think, rave about this particular episode because of what you just said. It, it really does get into the the what if and 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 I love the way they 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 used the story how how T'Challa basically is like a beloved figure. I mean, he was the you know the Star Lord. I mean, he 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 really when what what the Star Lord was supposed to be, he he actually is that in 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 this in this alternate universe, and 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 he's he's like for example, when he was stealing the stealing the the uh, artifact, and, and you know we remember how it all went down in, in Guardians, but you know in this one, you know the uh, the character I can't I forgot his name Koroth, I think he was just like he was like hero worshiping god you know he's like can i join your team i want to be with you and 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 you know almost kind of like you know if if he, i were to chala i would be like dude you're like the cringe factor here is like back off back off <laughs> it it, uh, it it was this interesting way to um because that character in particular in Guardians of Galaxy, played everything straight because I mean you're you're juxtaposed with Chris Pratt, who just mm-hmm. has all of this charisma and all of this comedic timing. And and so what they did is instead of instead of bizarrely making T'Challa funny, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you let him still play the straight guy mm-hmm. and then but infuse that humor into this other character who ends up coming along um becoming a ravenger himself and yeah. and then they just one up the ante when they're like yeah he even convinced thanos time they they did a joke about the genocide <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was so perfect. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. But um, they they also they 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 changed. I think what what the problem was with the first episode is the events changed in the scenario, um, but but none of the personalities really altered. Right. And and so it was it was this this thing where you felt like you were you were really watching um, an episode of where, like, for one reason or another, these characters like this, they just played musical chairs. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you're right. Um, but in this episode, it was mo- more than that. It was. T'Challa, because he wanted to see more of the world, he inadvertently finds himself um, on a spacecraft and then he stays. But how that affected everyone else around him, he made Yondu a different character. Mm -hmm. He made um, Nebula Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I was surprised by that one too when yeah. she came out, and everyone's saying, "Where, where's Gamora?" And it's like, Gamora and Peter in this what if scenario, like you don't want to just in insert Gamora, but to have it be Nebula, it just furthers that idea of like a ripple effect. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, yeah, it, it really does because to her cybernetics in this in, in this universe are just basically just a little eye, the eyepiece. I mean, everything else, she's more like, I think, some, I, think I saw her somewhere compared her to Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> yep. And yep. so, uh, you know, so that, you know, so you, you, you really hit a good point there that I think that's what makes this episode a, a really live up to the title, What If? Because it's not just swapping, you know, it's not just swapping out Steve and, 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 and Peggy. It really, you know, here it, it it really is alternate universe, and this is when those alternate universe stories, whether it's here or like, you know, in my favorite Star Trek, when the characters um, are are really not just carbon copies of the. I mean, I think at their core they're the same, but but like for example, as you mentioned, T'Challa still he at his core he was still the straight man. You know, he, he did mm-hmm. he, it, it, it wasn't like he was all of a sudden acting like Peter Quill. Right. He he was he was staying true to himself, and even even with Thanos, I mean, he was staying true to himself. Right. But but at the same time, T'Challa made him see the error of trying you know of trying to you know what was he to right size the universe. <laughs> right. Right, right. Yeah, I and I also like how they didn't use the same monologue from last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. So, so we're gonna get a different monologue every week that relates to the new scenario that they've set up. Yeah. So it it I I am after this week I'm a bit more excited about the show. Yeah. I'm more on board with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my curiosity is spiked. So yeah, and and here's another here's another note too, and I think maybe this also took some of the edge off f- for me on the emotional side. I mean, it still did, but I'm still emotional hearing you know Chadwick's voice. But uh, he is actually going to appear in like four more episodes. Yeah, uh, I kind of figured. <laughs> uh, um, and so, but different, but playing, but not, but playing different. Give T'Challa's going to be in different scenarios, so it's not going to be him being Star Lord in all the, in the next four. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, playing different versions of T'Challa. So yeah, they are so prepping us for No Way Home. They are. They really are. <laughs> oh man. Um. So so we talked what if last week. Unfortunately, we couldn't really do a deep dive into the first three episodes of Titans, but um. Since we did, since last week, both of us have watched all three episodes, and we also watched the latest episode that dropped um, today. Mm-hmm. So, so okay, I don't know what we were talking about last week, Will, but during our discussion, all of a sudden, in my mind, I was like, you know what, I think Hank is going to die at the end of episode three. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, Scout freaking honor yeah truth tr- that that truth you you i think we were we did i know we didn't talk about it on the show but I, I know friday night i think we were like messaging back and forth and 
and you and you and and you said that in, in your message you were like whenever i think you, yeah you said something to the effect that after the second episode where they were kind of, they were telegraphing it and you're right so i just need the flash writers room to watch like this these three episodes this is how you telegraph something correctly <laughs> mm-hmm. oh i'm still shook i i, I messaged you i was like i'll shook <laughs> Exactly. Like I, for the third episode in particularly, everything was telegraphed. And yet for some reason, I was fixated on watching everyone and what they were doing because the, the tension just escalated and you're like, they're, they're, what's going to be the twist is, Mm -hmm. is the gun gonna like explode and end up killing dove. That would make sense. Or are they going to actually do the stupid thing and let Connor save the day? And, and then it turns out like that we're not even thinking about, well, obviously red hood has something up his sleeve and the gun is fake. And it's actually the detonator, detonator, which I mean, the, the acting too was definitely on point. Um, yeah. And I think that's what gave it away for me because I remember an episode two and I forget the actor who plays Hank or played Hank. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was, I think it was a scene between him and Dick in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was just something about it with the way he was playing it that where I thought to myself, man, where were these acting chops the last two seasons? Like, yeah. this is pretty good drama. And yeah. um, he he knew that his time was running out. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, or maybe he didn't. But I think overall, the writing this season with this show is just... I, mean, I know season two, I, I, I really... I think I fully got on board with the show in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, with the storyline with, with Deathstroke and um, but I, I feel that this so far and even with this and even this week's episode uh, which was kind of a, like okay let's just sort of dial it back a bit after how we just like completely messed with everybody last week uh, I felt that this the writing overall this season I, I it has out the gate has just been so so strong I mean just you know, we with the first episode where where we 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 first we start out with Jason and 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 he is you know calls up Bruce and he's like you know I think I got a lead on the Joker and and then of course you know and they did and they do the the great flashback to to uh, last season where where Jason is falling off the roof and thankfully Connor saves him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but you know, it really plays into that fear, and you know, and 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 then we see the, you know, we see the inhaler, and mm-hmm. and and then you know, so they they set things up so well, and then they set, and then and then, and then, and the, and the through line of this of the fear and Jason's carelessness, and and then and then basically like the Joker or Scarecrow, whoever it is, manipulating this, and now Red Hood manipulating the, the weak links in the team. I mean, Slade did it in season two and, and now we're seeing it, it, you know, Jason learning how to do that and, and exploiting Hank being the weak link and his impulsiveness and carelessness and, and using that against the team. And yeah. so, 
And so, so we're. I know it's 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 interesting to see these characters because I think the way this show has been structured, especially these last two seasons, is really how we can can mess with Dick's, you know, the Titans as far as that you know having the antagonist, whether it be Slade now Red, Red Hood exploit the team's weaknesses to try to pull them apart. Yeah. And, and, you know, in last season we see Dick, you know, go off and, you know, and, and finally exercise himself of Robin and become Nightwing. So we got, so, you know, and, and, and what I like about this season now is Dick is very sure of himself. You know, he's not looking over his shoulder each time about wondering if Bruce will approve. And he's made his, his peace with, with, his life as Robin and, and and his time with Bruce. And so I think it was good for them to take the show out of San Francisco and put it in Gotham because now we have a, a very confident Dick Grayson who was Nightwing and, and, and now we have the Red Hood who knows all these people intimately, you know, messing with the team and trying to pull them down. But I think Dick is staying one step ahead of him now because he's more mature, more confident in himself. I don't know the 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 fourth episode like if i if you had said all of that after the third i would have believed you fourth yeah. ed- episode makes me question a bit because dick um he just continues to f- to fall into these plans and and you think that he he's he's beating jason which he should be <laughs> yeah. he should well. be and it's kind of annoying to me how how Jason keeps doing these like weird, weird things where set like he's down and then suddenly he's disappeared. And I'm just like, uh, you guys were both knocked out by the same thing. What's happening here? Yeah. Um, so that needs to stop. Well, I but, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, I know he, you know, he even even Jason, you know, calls Dick out on it. It's like you've been fighting like the old man. So. <laughs> yeah, there's just something about it where. And and when you were talking, I was I was thinking about this about what you said. Like last season, we had Slade pick apart the team. Now we have Jason pick apart the team. Um. Now, granted, Jason knows a little bit more intimate details, but I just I just wonder if they're falling into a pattern now with mm. the villains, and it makes me worried for the fourth season. Um, depending how this one goes and everything, um, comes out, but I, um, yeah, it's, it's, it was a pretty good start of the season. Again, the fourth episode was kind of a step back in my opinion. Um, just because there, I liked everything going on with Corey and Gar mm-hmm. and, um, and the Dick stuff kind of, I was like, oh, this is kind of boring. I don't care about Scarecrow. I don't, I don't really care about this. Um, because what really got me was at the start of the episode, Connor. Mm-hmm. And Connor, like, um, and maybe it's because I just watched the Super- Superman and Lois season. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess me and Will are suddenly big Superman fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought like his whole interaction with Gar and the guilt and the um, 
well, his self, him punishing himself for everything and mm -hmm. being a half breed. I thought that was a really interesting thing. And I, I honestly yeah. expected to see more of him this episode. So it was kind of weird to me how no Corey and Gar randomly go off on this adventure to get black Blackfire, And then you have, um, Dick go on this solo mission. And of course, Dove just flies away to Paris and, yeah. I'm just like, what the? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's 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 the it's the reset, uh, you know. Yeah. Of, of okay, we we. And I, you're, I'm glad you brought up about about Connor, and I, I had made a note about that too because that did stand out to me uh, with his half breed, and he felt you know he's beating himself up because he's half Lex Luthor, and half Kal-el, and it 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 definitely yeah that, those were some strong strong beats. And 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 it also reminded me why I do like this show too because it truly does have stakes. We didn't have like somehow, and as you said when we were first talking about Titans, somehow you know you get the Arrowverse. Oh, we'll just find a Lazarus Pit or some other Deus Ex Machina who's going to like miraculously bring Hank back. I mean, Hank's gone. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. no it, it, and and they keep. I think what you're getting at is that um, something that I was thinking about is they do death really well. I think mm -hmm. my most favorite episodes of Titans all to together is the Aqualad episode where they end up killing him. Mm -hmm. um, the season two finale where Donna dies. Mm -hmm. I think that's the finale. And yep. then now it's Hank and Dove where Hank dies. Yeah, yeah. And God forbid if they figure out a way to get a Lazarus pin on this this show, the show's over. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Rosal Gould's gonna be showing up, but uh, uh, the uh, yeah, because I think you know it gets into the question. Of, you know, I do. I wonder, like, okay, did Jason fake his death? Did a Scarecrow or or, or the Joker just? Uh, Figure out a way, especially, you know, I figure Scarecrow and Jason are tied together because with the, Jason's newfound interest in chemistry and, and whatnot. And so maybe he and Scarecrow, Dr. Crane, figured out a way to, you know, to, to simulate his his death to the fool Batman or, you know, the other other cruel joke that the Joker may have, you know, who was also very well versed in chemistry also they figured out a way to to to, to, to full full batman as as a way to finally get off the the hamster wheel of of their uh codependent relationship yeah i don't know i don't know but we will certainly find out um yeah. so speaking about superman in all its glory we did find get the season finale of superman and lois no one died. No. Which was depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah. This this season finale was fine. Yeah. Um, it fell into a classic pattern that I'm finding where even good season finales for the especially in this genre tend to be okay, seventy-five percent of the episode, a lot of action, a lot of momentum. Um, taking out all the foes or neutralizing all of the foes. And then the last 25% is character development, setting up for next season and just 
resolving any any lingering drama. Yeah. 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 That it was it was yeah. I mean it, it definitely fell into that trope for sure uh, it was a, it was uh, it was a serviceable serviceable finale i enjoyed it i i enjoyed watching it they wrapped up all the storylines you know we didn't have any well you know as far as the um primary ish story and villain with with edge that was resolved uh and, and then but then they carry forward uh, I, I guess eight cliffhanger in of sort with with john henry and his daughter natalie john henry really makes this show work yep yeah <laughs> he i was just as sad as lois when he was saying oh no i think i'm gonna leave i'm like no no, <laughs> no. Yeah. we need more drama we've just gonna start it and i and i love that moment when he explains why which mm -hmm. Come on, Lois, you're smart. You should have already figured that out a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. Well, that, but, was, that was, yeah. <laughs> that's where the, that's where the Dits fans and among us. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I mean, it, I think you put it, you, you, put, you said it right when you said it was serviceable. It did what it was supposed to do. Jordan was not evil long enough for me. Um, it didn't, but I did like that concept especially because at the I I almost forgot that at the beginning of the season Jordan was introduced to us not as the son who has powers but the mm -hmm. son who is different and has all of these anxiety and ADD issues um, yeah. that has caused a lot of a lot of turmoil for the family mm -hmm. so I liked how they looped that back in with the whole um everything that that was going on with him in this episode and and how and then he he did square off a little bit with jonathan yeah. so yeah i mean i mean it, it was it was fine i just i really think somebody should have died i'm just <laughs> I, I don't somebody had, yeah should have been general lane right yeah they, they're just gonna they're just gonna grandpa, at least <laughs> but no grandpa's sticking around and yeah yeah. Somebody new might take over. Yeah, maybe. I did really like Natalie mm -hmm. showing up. Yeah. And that that look on on Lois's face during that final minute of mom. Oh, that makes me excited to see what season two is gonna yeah. do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, for that definitely you're right. That 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 definitely is the case there. And and I'm glad you brought up about uh, about Jordan and his social anxiety because, again, you know, one of the things that I've liked about this show at this season, and it maybe this is because you know, the, here's where the, the crazy, wonky Arrowverse uh, CW scheduling breaks work to its favor, mm -hmm. is I, I've, this show seemed to, to course correct when – they needed to, as far as the writing, uh, you know, whether it's due to you know COVID messing up with uh, production schedules, or you know they were trying, you know, they maybe decided to go one way, and they realized like, you know, we may need to like adjust. And you can, and you can tell. I mean, I don't know. It just, it's just something about the 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 way they had like adjusted 
and, and made the right adjustments such that you know that at the end of the end of the first season I was like I, I want more I mean you know and and to to your point you know the, the look that Natalie and that Lois had on her face when she sees Natalie and 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 then also uh how Clark now is going to have to adapt without having having his father around mm-hmm because you know, I had I had forgotten that the crystal had been in, in the fortress of solitude had been had been destroyed. Yeah. And and um, and you know, and, and I know they did like two different cuts of the episode because I actually watched I actually watched it Tuesday night just had had DVR'd it and then I went back and did the rewatch just to see what was different in the extended cut. And I think in the extended cut, the the, the, the scene that they had t- cut from the broadcast cut was the Clark going to get the crystals in, in the fortress. Mm, okay. Because uh, I was like, what's the difference between the two? And so, because in the broadcast cut, they cut right to Smallville and they go have the ceremony, the funeral under the tree and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think that was the, 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 the difference between the two. And and I bring that up is because I, 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 I think we are getting the foundations. They, they wrapped up the stories that they needed to, but we are, we're getting new things that we're going to have to explore in the second season. Uh, Clark adjusting now to not having the fortress to go to when he needs the help with, with Jordan and his powers. Um, I think the, you know, the speech that, you know, Clark's very self-aware and, and the, the, the and the speech that he gave a Superman at the end of the episode to to uh, to Chrissy uh, about the here the people of Smallville being the heroes and stuff. I mean, it really captures that core of like who Superman is and stuff. So, I mean, I just felt like this show really did such a great job of just capturing the best of like all the various iterations of his character, and then and, and Tyler just really you know really personifies. Maybe not in some people's eyes physically Superman, but I think the way he acts as a character, he is Superman. Yeah, I think that um, the the whole ensemble uh, together have really made Smallville, Superman, and Lois just all work and feel as though we're watching not a entirely comic book show but Mm -hmm. more of a drama family drama Mm -hmm. that just happens to have superheroes in it and and so and i think you're right like overall the first season of this show was a success um very few missteps were taken the characters grew evolved and and by the end of the season you're just like okay i'm gonna say goodbye to this family but they're gonna come back next year and i can't wait to see Mm -hmm. what a mess um, is caused and and where where these characters will grow um so so yeah overall i mean i mean i i just i think people should take more risk and kill people that's all i'm yeah. saying <laughs> we need a death all right all right all right, all right uh, superman and lois writer's room we need a death give us one in the season premiere <laughs> uh, well, or maybe that's going to be the season two finale. Maybe they're holding back because they know that's a trope, especially with the CW, is to kill yeah. somebody very significant in that um, first season. But 
maybe they're holding back and and Jordan's yeah. going to get season 2. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why I'm Jordan, yeah. but he he's like arguably my my least favorite character and I just that that yeah. kid could learn so, a few things from his brother. I'm just saying. Yeah, he, he um, could. He could. Yeah, but I, I did but one last thing about Jordan. I, I did like the scenes between Clark and Jordan there when he finally did find him at the lava pit. I mean that 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 was one of the highlights of the episode for me uh, as, as as well. Uh, just the, the, when they were going back and forth as far as uh, him in his possessed Kryptonian mode and and, and Clark, uh, the anguish of seeing his son in that state. I thought that you know those are the all again the, the beats as you as you noted that were what that, what makes this show uh, really a good family show, but but this, who just happens to be Superman. Yeah, I just kept thinking about why did they suddenly choose Jordan not to use his real voice during all of those scenes? Mm. I mean, other people we've seen taken over by a Kryptonian and they could talk perfectly in their voice. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. very interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. He was Um, super. All right. Um, moving on to Stargirl, we got the second episode. Uh, I don't, I didn't, this episode bothered me, okay, because last week was fine. I was, I was excited. They were kicking off fairly decently. Mm-hmm. But then I predicted some things. You did. And what I said came true. And it mm-hmm. just reminded me of how annoying Courtney can be. Yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. how annoyingly predictable she can be. Yes, yes. I was thinking the same. I I, I was like, oh, let me just fast forward through her tonight. <laughs> just, I mean, the girl is. I she she never listens. It makes you really question why Pat likes her so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, see, you see this kid? She's a brat. Yeah. Okay, she's a big brat. Yeah. He was happy when Jade showed up. He's like, yes, I can finally work with someone who listens to me and, and is not annoying as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, really, that's what happened. And then we also got some some perplexing things going on with Sydney as she reunites with her Stepford stepmom, mm-hmm. only to have Eclipso kind of, like, get out of line. Um, but we're able to see more of the more of his sinister nature come out. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, Cindy has it in her mind that she's controlling him when when obviously he's he's just he just has to get enough power. And then, yeah, Sydney, you're you're going to be benched. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. We saw that coming. And we also got another new villain this week of the shade, I think, shows up in. Uh, in, in Blue Valley, and and that it, it was very interesting how they like brought him in to the town, and and, and Pat was kind of putting the pieces, you know, whenever he was in the cat in the diner, and and kind of puts the pieces together, but uh, you know, again, it, it, it we still have, I guess, it was a good reminder that there's still some of the injustice society that's still out there. Uh, even though they they did take care of a good number of them in the first season. Yeah, well, there's something out there. I mean, all is all can never be right in Blue Valley. Yeah. Um, 
Rick is feeding a creature in the forest. Mm-hmm. I forget that creature's name, but but yeah, we and we got ourselves a Green Lantern. We finally did. We finally got us a Green Lantern. <laughs> and it's not John Diggle. Okay. Nope. <laughs> nope. They, yeah, this is why I guess this is why like uh, they're like, nope, we're we're not gonna give you John Stewart. We're gonna give you we're gonna give you Jade. We're gonna give you yeah, and and who knows? Maybe we'll maybe she'll find Obsidian. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I really have nothing else to say about this. Episode. Yeah, it was. I I, I felt. I, you know, I, I I this week's episode. It was. It. I think the. I think you're right. You you predicted. On exactly what was going to happen. Where you know Courtney was, and we. I mean, it was kind of telegraph. We all saw it coming that she was going to feel jealous of of Jenny and. And, and of course, you know, and, and and her relationship clearly with, with Pat, and you know, so that was you know, so really that piece of that show this week was kind of like okay, you know, we see we saw it. Uh, I did, I really did enjoy them getting deeper into uh, Jenny's learning how to use the, the ring, and 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 and. and and I'm also glad. Uh, I was wondering if if she was going to stay or 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 or, or move on because I couldn't remember if, if if this if she was going to be a regular or semi regular. And it looks like you know this character will be a semi regular. So we'll you know we'll have other appearances of, of Green Lantern, of Jade, uh, and and it, later in the series I'm sure. But um, I, you know I think right now. There's still a lot. And yeah, I was hoping they would follow up some with, with what's going on with Beth and Yolanda uh, and as far as their situations. But really, Beth really didn't have much much to do with all this episode. No. I I, didn't, I saw her maybe in a few scenes. But yeah, that and maybe that was what was um, disorienting about this episode. Is like last episode, everyone got equal screen time very much. Like yeah. they, they really made it a point to remind you where all of those characters were. were. And mm-hmm. then this episode, it was very much Jade, Courtney, and Shade and Cindy. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see you next time. And on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me on Twitter at S.J. Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>